Good to have you at our Tuesday afternoon Bible study. My name is Pastor Mike. It's so good to see each and every one of you. And if you're joining us online, welcome to you as well. We know we got quite the crew watching online, and we are blessed to have you with us. And we pray that you find a blessing in today's study. Jeff is our, bless you, Jeff is our Jacob today. Thank you, Jeff. He is also our, <laughs> so uh, Lisa walks around with a microphone, right? Lisa's on vacation, so if Lisa, oh, she's not on vacation, she's at training, and if she doesn't, can't do it, then I give it to Nicole. Nicole is on vacation, and if Noel can't do it, then Nicole can't do it, we give it to, to Cassie. Cassie's out of town. So uh, Jeff, you're going to be Lisa, Nicole, and, and Cassie for us today, passing around a microphone. We appreciate it. Yay, thank you. And there was much rejoicing. Well, let's be a people of prayer. God above, life is full of change. Some changes are welcome and others are not. But we know that that's what life is. For a baby to begin its life on this side, it needs to, <laughs> needs to leave the womb. For a child to begin life on its own, it needs to fly and be free. And, and Lord, the, the, the clock keeps ticking. We ask that whatever we become... It's closer to you. Whatever that we're transforming into, it's into a more loving and faithful disciple. That as we read the words on these pages, that we find a little more faith, a little more grace, and a little more love. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, folk, this is a busy chapter. We are, we're, we're at the end here. Uh, literally for Jesus here. Uh, we got three chapters yet to go in John, including today, uh, but today uh, we leave him on the cross. Uh, he is before Pilate, is where he was, uh, where we left him last week, and uh, we're going we're gonna to continue that right now. Um, let's do verses 1 through 11. Jesus sent sentence to be crucified. When Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is your man. As soon as the chief priests and the, their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. But Jesus came, gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. 
Thank you. Had him flogged, scourged. Previously, Pilate said of Jesus, I find no fault in him. And yet, here we have this severe, brutal punishment for a man that he knew, he knew was innocent. How messed up was it a justice system? This, this is allowed. Uh, it's been suggested that Pilate wanted to help Jesus, hoping the mob would just be satisfied with, with, with the flogging. Um, Pilate gave the order, so he was flogged according to Roman practice. Uh, the blows came from a whip with many leather strands. Each had like sharp pieces of bone or, uh, or metal at the ends. It just reduced the back to raw flesh. And it was not unusual for a, for a criminal to die from a scourging even before crucifixion. Um, it doesn't say it in this, but do you know how many times he got, he got flogged? Uh, another gospel says 40. Uh, 40 times with the whip, and a lot of times they, they would count to 39 uh, and, and, and stop right there, just in case they miscounted, because if you go one over, then the person doing the whip, they, they get the same punishment. Uh, so better to stop one early. Uh, it, flogging had several purposes. It was used, a, well, just punishment. Uh, any, anybody have the belt behind the woodshed? When they were kids, a couple people, not so much nowadays. Maybe that's what's wrong with our country today. Uh, yeah, all my dad had to do was take the belt, and he snapped it a couple times. He's, he's never taken me out, but just enough. Like, all right, is this, if it could, I just mind. Got to mind. Got to mind. Uh, it was also used to gain confessions from crimes of prisoners. And in the case of crucifixion, it was... It was to weaken the victim so that crucifixion wouldn't take so long. Uh, if you put a totally healthy guy up on there, it could last a while. Uh, if, you, if you start blood loss and all that beforehand, then uh, crucifixion goes a little faster. They twisted a, uh, a crown of thorns, put it on his head. Uh, what color robe did they put him in? Purple, color of royalty. Uh, the purple dye was very, very expensive. Uh, like they, I don't know where it came from, but it was it was really rare to find purple, and so it was uh, it was it was the most expensive stuff out there. Uh, for us, we use purple and blue for royalty. So you'll see the colors in the church. Do you know what color we have in church right now? We have green, ordinary time, or a common time, simple time. Uh, but at the high holy days, we change the color and we get purple for Advent and purple for um, Lent. Is when we do is when we do purple. Yep. Uh, if you ever go to Ireland, um, totally off topic. Uh, if you go to Ireland, uh, the bars are closed on two days. Good Friday. And in the olden days, in olden days, I mean up to the 1990s, uh, the bars were closed on St. Patrick's Day, High Holy Day. And then they had a whole bunch of American tourists coming over. St. Patrick's Day, let's go ahead. And they, well, we, uh, all right, these guys want to hit the bar. So we, they open up the bars. Uh, so now it's, now it's just Ash, uh, not Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, that the bars are closed. Purple robe. Um, just, just one other fun fact. Uh, the color blue. Have I talked about the color blue here before? 
If I did, you probably don't remember. So I'll, I'll do it one more time. Did you know that the color blue was not invented until about 500 AD? If you look at ancient writings before 500 AD, and I can't remember the first one that, that actually said the color blue, uh, there's, there's nowhere in any ancient Greek writings or Roman writings or China, there's, blue is not in there. Every other color is named somewhere in ancient writings, but not blue. Uh, blue is a form of gray. So if they uh, talked about the sky or they talked about the sea, they talked about the gray sky and the gray sea. Because um, if you think about it, blue is not found in nature except in sky, maybe the water if it's a nice day, and very few flowers. Uh, anyway, that's, that's blue. That's, next time you're on Jeopardy, there you go. Uh, Hail King of the Jews. Kings are greeted with royal titers, titles, so here they go. Um, and they spit, and uh, it, was all, it was all mockery. Pilate brought him out. Uh, Pilate made five, uh, five, at least five attempts trying to save Jesus' life here. Uh, Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and he, Pilate presented Jesus to the crowd as, as one beaten and mocked, as if to say, this is your king. Look at him. He poses no problems for you or for us. He's not much of a man. And yet they yelled, crucify, crucify. Pilate must have realized that the Sanhedrin could not execute the sentence. Uh, so when he says, you take him and crucify him, that is pure sarcasm. Because Pilate knows that they can't do that. It's, uh, that's why they had to bring him to Pilate to begin with. Um, and they say, you know, he claims to be the son of God and Pilate gets freaked out. Pilate, superstitious. Think about Rome. They have a whole bunch of gods, right? So here's Jesus claiming to be the Son of God and all the miracle workers and all that. And Pilate has, I'm about to execute maybe a God. So he goes in and he actually asks the one question that, that makes sense. Where do you come from? And we know the answer, right? Remember back in John chapter 1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and it was kind of a convoluted paragraph, but uh, all to say that Jesus comes from, from above. And it makes me laugh when Pilate, Pilate says, don't you realize I have the power to set you free or to crucify you? And I have to ask, does he really? Does he really? Because he's been trying to free him this whole time, and it's not working. Who's Pilate scared of? Caesar. Not scared of Caesar. More scared of the Jews. Or maybe, maybe, maybe more scared of the Jews to tattle on him to Caesar. Caesar was his grandpa. I'm sorry, he married into the family. His wife's. You know how that works. Yeah. Any questions on this, this section? Do you think that the reason that the priests wanted him crucified was that he said he was the Son of God or that 
he was gathering so many followers that they were afraid that they would lose their power. All comes down to money, doesn't it? It does. It comes down to money and power. Uh, he's got, if he was just a crazy man saying out there saying he was the son of God and no one followed him, who cares? He's got this crowd. Well, I think the Lord answers that himself. Um, Pilate said, don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And then Jesus' answer, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. So he pretty much told him. Yep. Uh, Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Who would that be? Yeah, we could come up with a couple different answers. Caiaphas is probably number one. Judas might be in there. So, Mike, you're saying in verse 8 when he said he's even more afraid, he's more afraid because Jesus is claiming to be a god, but it's not he became afraid, but he was even more afraid. Yeah, he was afraid. So, what was he afraid of in the first place? I'm guessing this whole big crowd of Jews outside yelling and screaming. Must have been a jittery guy. Well, you're sp- of all the of all the places to get sent to, if you're if you're Rome, uh, if you're Roman. All right, we have all these places in in in, in the uh, Roman world. It's like I wonder where I'm going to get sent to. Maybe I'm going to get be sent to Britain. Maybe France. Maybe Germany. Maybe Italy. Maybe maybe oh, Greece would be wonderful. We're going to send you to Jerusalem. Have fun with all those people out there in the desert, and, and, and it, uh, I know they got problems now. They've, been, they've had problems for 3,000 years. Uh, some appointments were not looked forward to, and I can imagine uh, what well, later on uh, Pontius Pilate does get, uh, does get transferred to, to, to Rome, to Italy, and he's, he's happier. Was he afraid of the unknown? I think we're all afraid of that, but I, I really yeah. think he's afraid of the Jews, and then uh, he's really more afraid, like, this guy, this miracle worker says he's, he's a god. Who, who do I want to be more afraid of? Danged if I do and danged if I don't kind of thing. Yeah. And again, my grandma would flick my ear for saying that. If you were there at church on Sunday, never cross grandma. In the book of Mark, uh, chapter 15, verse 15, Pilate says, uh, So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barnabas. He wants to gratify the crowd because he's in a spot where he's either got to please the crowd and he doesn't want them to go running to his uh, higher up. Uh, and and cause problems having that come down on him. So he's kind of like caught in the middle. He's got to sit there and play teeter-totter and go, who should I, you know, what should I do here? And so, but it says in Mark that wanting to gratify the crowd, he released Barnabas to them. Yep. It doesn't say it in here, but do you remember what Pilate does? This is how he gets out of it? Yep. Watch this. Here, you take them. All right, let's let's uh, finish that section, chapter uh, chapter chapter nineteen, verses twelve to sixteen. You might notice sixteen kind of bleeds into the next one. 
From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jew Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement in Aramaic as Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. You are not a friend of Caesar. There was an old, uh, it was not, it's not a club, um, but there was a designation to, to be a friend of Caesar. Uh, you had a higher standing uh, in, in the court, in the, in, in the idea. Um, it, was, it was your badge of honor. I'm a friend of Caesar's. And so this is, it wasn't just a, a, a flippant remark. You are no friend of Caesar. Um, it, it is a club that certainly Pontius wanted to stay, stay in. Um, he brought Jesus out and sat him down uh, and sat down in the judgment seat. He's about to deliver his final judgment, presenting Jesus to the crowd. Um, and if I were to preach on this, I've got to write this down. Uh, Pontius Pilate would be the, is, is actually the one uh, in judgment here, not Jesus himself. That might preach. I want to write that down. Uh, Gabatha, an elevated place. Uh, very likely the judgment seat was really, really high in, in, the, in, the, in the room uh, to, to make that judgment. Have you, ever, have you ever been to a church that has a pulpit like 10 feet in the air? We've got to get one of those. That would be really neat. Uh, but but in, in, in some places of judgment, uh, you know, the judge sits up front, kind of a, up, up above. But uh, in some places uh, where they give the judgment, they go to that high place and it's able to, able to pronounce that. That's, that's where uh, Pilate is right now. Preparation day of the Passover. What day is that? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? Not Saturday. Jesus was crucified on a Friday, but the preparation day is on Thursday. There's some chronological issues with with uh, yeah with the Last Supper here um, because it varies between Gospels on what day he was actually crucified on. Traditionally, we say Last Supper was on Thursday crucified on Friday, and then uh, comes, comes back on Sunday. Uh, John kind of has it, Wednesday's the supper, Thursday's the crucifixion, as they get ready for the next day for the Sabbath. It gets a little murky. Be honest, whatever day it was, my faith is fine, right? Uh, these little ticky-tack, uh, I, I know it matters, but at the end of the day, he rose for us, and I'm good with that. We know he rose on the on, on Sunday, and we call it which day? Uh, how many how many days he rose on the third day? So Friday to Saturday, Saturday to s Sunday. 
So yeah, and John, he did. If if John, if Jesus was crucified on a Thursday, he did raise on, come back on the third day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, anyway, this this is more just for trivia purposes. But uh, uh, traditionally, we put Good Good Friday on 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 Friday. I was always wondered why we called it Good Friday. Um, yeah, why do we call it Good Friday? God Friday. Why do we call it Good Friday? It, it's not really a play on the word God, but I like that better than Good Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, say it so the folk at home can hear you. Uh, he gave us eternal life. He gave us a gift on Good Friday. It was not good for him, but it was good for us. Yeah. Amen. I, you can't get to Sunday without going through Friday. Uh, he was crucified. Did, did it say what day of the week? Or oh, I'm sorry, what time of day? It was about noon. I think Mark has it about three or four in the afternoon. <laughs> Again, um, different gospels, different recollections. Behold your king. Here is your king. Uh, spoken in irony to the Jews. Uh, and, and it's... Pilate says it in the same spirit that he's going to put a sign on the cross here pretty soon. Um, King of the Jews. And the Jews will get a little upset about this. Like, he he didn't, he's not really the king. He just said he was the king. And Pilate, who's tired of this whole thing, said, I've written what I've written. But we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. Finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. Questions, comments, things I've missed. In reading this, um, and it's interesting how many times I've read this, but I'm seeing this a little bit differently today, and maybe it's because you've mentioned the other Gospels. But they had already beaten him, flogged him, anything else they could do to the poor man. And the human side of him had to not be doing very well by this point. And to make matters worse, he's going to carry that cross. And I have no idea, because I've not been to the Holy Land, how far Golgotha is from Pilate's castle or wherever they were to see him. How far would that be with that, that heavy cross? I'm just going to ballpark it here. I don't know the route that they took, but I'm going to guess it's, it's a mile or probably less. Yeah, it is just right outside the city gate, and the city was not too terribly big at that time. Um, And when he's carrying the cross, we always picture him carrying the uh, both sets of beams, right? I think we talked about this when we did Mark a while back. You look at the cross up there; uh, that thing is about, believe it or not, that's that's uh, seven feet tall. Uh, When it came down, like, oh, that that thing is big. so Jesus' cross would be, would be a little bigger. That thing's heavy. It would be really hard for a healthy person to carry both sets at the same time. And uh, when, you carry, when you carry it up there, uh, you would assume that the soldier, if, if, if it was both beams, that the, the soldiers would already have the hole dug. And then, the, all right, Jesus drops off the cross. Uh, they, they nail him up, and, and away he goes. Uh, chances are, the posts are already up, the, uh, the up beams, uh, the vertical beam. And Jesus just carries the, 
the horizontal piece because you could do that um, a lot better than just trying to carry a whole thing on your back that just got flogged 40 times, 39 times. Um, chances are it doesn't say, but think about it from the Roman perspective. If you're going to crucify people all the time, don't you just want to keep up the same beams and just, just change them out as it, as it, as it comes? And let's do to verse uh, uh, 27. Let's get that whole section there. 27. The crucifixion of Jesus. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes and among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. According to custom, Jesus carried his portion of the cross from sentencing to the crucifixion. Um, the Persians invented crucifixions. The uh, Romans perfected them, <laughs> made it an institution. It was reserved for the worst criminals and the lowest classes. If you were a Roman citizen, you could not uh, be crucified. Um, it was, uh, the whole point was to die publicly, slowly, with great pain and humiliation. And this is the form of death that God ordained for Jesus to die. Human beings, we can be extremely cruel to each other. Uh, crucifixion was so awful and degrading that uh, polite Romans wouldn't even talk about it in public. Death from crucifixion could come from many sources. Blood loss, uh, being too exhausted to breathe any longer, dehydration, stress-induced heart attack, congestive heart failure. Uh, if they did not die quickly enough, they would break the legs. And if the, the, the way you're crucified, uh, you're trying to hold yourself up so you could breathe the way your body is contorted. And if you have no strength uh, on, on the uh, lower portions of your body, yeah, you can't breathe. And uh, you don't get enough oxygen and... And so uh, later on, when they break the legs, that's, that's why they do that. Jesus is in the middle. There were three scheduled for crucifixion that day, the two others, and uh, Barabbas, I guess. Uh, Jesus took the place of Barabbas. 
this is another way that Jesus was identified with sinners at his death. So here on the cross, we have, we have the sinless Savior, we have the saved penitent, and then the condemned uh, in, impenitent, I guess. Uh, the, the, all, all of humanity is, is, is uh, somehow represented up there. Pilate put a title and put it on the cross, according to Roman custom. Uh, he wrote four letters. I think I've done that here before. Do you, do you know what the letters are? I got I-N-R-I, Inri, I-N-R-I. Yeah. So what does I, I-N-R-I mean, Pastor Mike? I-N. All right. I, take a guess. Here's a hint. In Latin, I and J are the same letter. Jesus. Yep. Uh, N, Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. R. Uh, R, R actually be as a, uh, a name for Christ later on, but we, we, because we get the Latin for king. If you know your dinosaurs, you would get this. King of the, king of the dinosaurs is Trinosaurus Rex. My, my nephew, God bless him. They, I, was, I was making fun of names on Sunday. My nephew's name is Matthew Tobias Rex Beneshek. They went nuts a whatso on the names, and they wanted Rex in there, and he acts like a Rex <laughs> in a loving, kind way. King of the... Jews, but it's I. Oh, yeah, I and J are the same, aren't they? Yeah. Henry. I have written what I have written. In other words, Pilate's like, I'm doing what you want. Back off. Uh, don't test me anymore. Uh, the Jews also thought it was demeaning because it showed Rome's power to humiliate and torture even the king of the Jews. Um, if, if Pilate, this is what Pilate thinks of the Jews that uh, you want me to crucify this guy because he says he's the son of God because he's a king? Fine, I'll put it up on the sign. And that upsets the Jews a little bit, but they get what they want out of the deal. So, so there you go. Uh, he was supervised by soldiers. Jesus was probably crucified. We always think of him with that loincloth on. Chances are the loincloth came off before he got up on the cross. Uh, they didn't tear it. A lot of times, um, uh, the loincloth comes in four different pieces, one for each appendage to go out. This one happens to be uh, kind of expensive, special, and uh, they, they throw lots. So as Jesus is hanging there on the cross, they're, they're throwing dice, as it were. Jesus looks down, sees his mom. How many Marys are there? Cry Manelli. Uh, Mary, his mom. His mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clovis, and Mary, 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 got four, four ladies, and three of them are named Mary. Common name. And uh, who is the disciple that Jesus loves? John. This is Jesus' way of taking care of his mom. Which is strange, because Jesus had brothers and sisters. And apparently Mary's got a sister. Why doesn't she go with them? Apparently, John has the means and the ability to care. Woman, and this, he, was, he wasn't being belittling. Uh, it's like saying ma'am for us. Ma'am. Like, well, that's, 
that's also, you know, if, if, I, if I go up to my mom and say, ma'am, I don't know if she'd be happy about that either. <laughs> but uh, maybe this is also Jesus' way of starting that distance himself so it's not as harsh because you don't want to hear from the cross, mom. So maybe ma'am is a little, a, little, a little nicer to hear. Woman, here is your son. Here is your mom. Take care of her. Most of you have kids or had kids once upon a time. How did you decide who was going to take care of your kids should something horrible happen to you? Did y'all have someone in mind? Did y'all talk to folk? When you're young, you live forever so you don't have to worry about it? Yeah. Did anyone have their brother or sister lined up to take care of your kids? Yeah. Only once have I been asked, uh, hey, can you and Steph take care of our kids should something happen to us? And it was like a second cousin. We're like, yes, we're, I, we, we would be honored to do that, but you have to tell your brother and your parents that that's in the will. And like, we don't want to do that. Like, okay. <laughs> if you're not willing to tell them, I don't, want to, I don't want that fight should something happen. <laughs> oh, by the way, we get, hey, we get, we get, we get their kids. <laughs> uh, um, if something happens to Steph and I, my sister is taking care of the two youngest ones now. Um, my sister is also taking care of my brother's kids. So my sister has a rule that my brother and I cannot be in the same car together. <laughs> if something happens to that car and she gets six kids, <laughs> we're not doing that. The death of Jesus, verses 28 to 37. Later, knowing that everything had now been fulfilled so that scripture could be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty, and a jar of wine was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of a hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the day, next day was to be the special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, suddenly a flow of blood and water. The man who saw it was given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows he tells the truth, and he testifies that you also may believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones would be broken. And as another scripture said, they will look on the one they have pierced. Finished. Jesus knew that his great work, the life and death work on the cross, was fulfilled. And then the only thing left to do was to die. Not to sound morbid, but that wouldn't, wouldn't that be neat to be like at the end of your life and you're like, I have done everything I've wanted to do. I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. And the only thing I have to do now is, is, is pass. And uh, he's time to, time to give the spirit sour wine, um, uh, wine vinegar. Uh, 
It's not to be confused with drugged wine, wine mingled with myrrh. In Mark, they had wine mingled with myrrh that they tried to give Jesus beforehand, but he refused. He was going to take this. He, like before childbirth, I, uh, do, you want, do you want the epidural or not? Uh, and, and Jesus chose not to have the, uh, the sour wine, but now that everything's finished, he thirsts. Uh, time for time for a drink. Put it on a hyssop plant. Hyssop. Uh, when you, if you read this and you really know your your Old Testament, uh, hyssop is is a part of the Exodus story as well. Uh, you, you could look back and find it. The very mention would have the thought would would take the thoughts of any Jews back to the saving blood of the of the of the Passover lamb. Uh, it is finished. It's one word in in Greek. Uh, tetelasti, tetelasti, ancient Greek. Uh, it's kind of a cry of a winner. It is not a, finally, it's done. It is a, it is a more of a joyous, I finished the race. Um, the baby is here. Like it's, whatever, whatever it is that you were doing, you, you've accomplished. That's, that's the feeling with, with this word. Um, a single word can change everything. When the judge says guilty or not guilty, that could change a life. Um, when I was uh, when I was playing baseball, I remember a play at the at, at the plate, and the, uh, uh, the the play was done, and we all looked at the ump, and the ump like took too long to figure this out. <coughs> safe, not safe, uh, and uh, and it, it wasn't life changing, but I remember it, um, and 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 we were safe, and uh, I said what. And he was, he was kind of a friend. Uh, I said, safe and not safe. You know, it's one or the other. And then he said something like, it's not what it is until I say it is. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, when a woman says yes to a marriage proposal, it changes everything. A goodbye can change everything. And uh, one commentator said, there's not been a single word said in the entire universe that has not impacted history more than what Jesus said Right here, it is finished, all in one, one word. Bowed his head, it speaks of a peaceful act, like laying down on a pillow to sleep. Uh, he did not hang his head in defeat, but he bowed it down in peace. Again, because it was the day of preparation, uh, is this Thursday, is this Friday? The next day is a special Sabbath, but actually starts on Friday night. And so you kind of get some of those weird, which day is this, questions as well. It, it touched um, upon the Old Testament scriptures. And I'm, I, I know that the priest would in, in the synagogue would be teaching from the first five books that we know of, the first five books of the Old Testament. But there's over 400 years of prophets that had been proph prophesizing the coming of the second Messiah, of the Messiah, rather. And in those prophecies, it, it told of his death and the resurrection. And did the priests at that time even touch upon the, um, the prophets, the teachings of the prophets? Or did they just stick to the first five five books? 
No, the, prophet, the prophets were also taught that the trick with the people of, uh, in Jesus' circle is they were able to see back in those, in those prophets and, 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 and cherry-pick verses out like, Jesus is acting like this. Jesus is acting like that. Or this is a fulfillment to this. But if you did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah to begin with, you, you didn't recognize that. Or the prophets were also, they were speaking more in generalities that Jesus just happened to answer. Um, the one we say in Isaiah, for unto us a, a child is born, and they shall call him wonderful counselor, prince of... Isaiah was writing about King Hezekiah who was just born, a baby who was just born in Israel. But the people of Jesus' time, they look back and think, that scripture really, that, that, that passage really works well for Jesus too. And so now we, we attribute it toward, toward Jesus, even though Isaiah probably was writing about someone else. Right, there were a lot of other scriptures that, uh, I, I remember a sermon, uh, uh, a, a pastor that, that I really like uh, shared that if, if, if you take all the, the fact that Jesus answers or fits the bill for all of these prophecies, the odds, the odds of that happening would be like, and this is how he said it, imagine the state of Texas was covered in quarters. The entire state of Texas was covered in quarters. And you, you went there, and you, you could walk all of Texas, and you picked up one quarter. The, the odds of you picking up that quarter are less than Jesus fulfilling all the prophets, uh, all the prophecies that were, that were said about him. Uh, I don't know if that probably didn't answer your question, but... I can only imagine the satisfaction... Jesus must have felt when he said it is finished. All that he'd been through and everything he'd done, and at last he had done everything the Father asked, and he was finally going back. The satisfaction that he'd, he'd done every single thing he meant to do, was meant to do, and he was finally going back to his Father. I love my job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that right now. I love my job. But in, in almost, almost every job that I've had, my, my, my second favorite day was my first day on the job when I got that key and I would oh, we're going to start. My favorite day on the job, turn the key back in and you say, it is finished. <laughs> I love all the days in between, but there is something about taking that weight off. And now when you start a new job, you just add a new weight to it, right? So you... Mm. Uh, but yeah, for Jesus to take that weight, weight of the, literally the weight of the sin of the world is on him. So what did they do with Jesus? Let's find out. Let's do verses 38 to the end, please. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was the disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders with, feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away, and he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about the 75 pounds. 
Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was a Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus but secretly, this is the final step of the earthly work of Jesus before his resurrection. Um, some, uh, some ancient folk believe that Joseph of Arimathea was Mary Magdalene's father. That makes sense. And so, uh, Jesus, there's a, there's a special connection there. It, it doesn't say it in the Gospels, but in, in, I, I believe it's a, a gospel that didn't make the Bible the gospel according to Mary. Uh, it, it, it does share that. Uh, he, he was well known to the council, but feared, but feared them. With Pilate's permission, he came, took the body. With Nicodemus, you remember Nick from chapter 3, Nick at night, uh, who came. Uh, how many pounds of, of, of spices? Crikey. That is a lot of spice. Uh, like uh, tenfold for what you really need for that job. It also tells you that Nicodemus has, has resources. And so does Joseph, because they're able to buy the brand new garden, garden tomb right there. Uh, 75 pounds. And they believe, and this is the important part, they believe that he is dead. You don't bury someone unless you think they're dead. You don't spend the money on the coffin and on the, uh, the, the place and all the spices unless you think he is dead. And they think that this is game over. You, 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 t you talk about they didn't, they didn't, uh, uh, why, didn't the, why didn't the priests and the, and, the, and the leaders understand the prophets more? And, and here's Jesus' disciples. And Jesus even said, I'm going to come back. And like, well, he's dead. That was, that was, it was a good run. That's the end. Uh, they, they prepare the body. Um, the removal of the, the bloody, dirty body of Jesus from the cross and the iron spikes that, that held it up. Um, and they bound it in strips of linen as to the custom of the Jews. Uh, they had to clean it first, and, uh, and then they wrapped it up, and they thought that was it. What usually happens uh, back then was they would take the body, they would put it away, and in a year or two they would go back to the body where it would be mostly decomposed now, and then they would collect the bones and put it into a box called an ossuary, and that's the box that would be eventually buried or put into a mausoleum, whatever, for the family. Um, nowadays, we, we just put the body in the whole thing and we leave it alone. Uh, in the olden days, they, they didn't have the space uh, or it just took a lot to dig. And so they, they set it aside for a year to two years and then came back and then Took care of it that way, but there's no. But make no doubt about it; they think that he is dead. So the big surprise for next week, when we come together, what happens on that Sunday? Questions or comments, please.
this is the first time that I've really thought about this, but I think it's interesting that when Jesus came into the world, he was raised by Joseph. And when he departed, he was put to rest by a Joseph. What was one of his Christmas presents? Myrrh. Myrrh. What do we have here at the end? Myrrh. What I understand is uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph of uh, Arithemia uh, could have also been a member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, Nicodemus certainly was, in the scriptures, uh, a member of the Pharisees. So there were probably a very small group of leadership in Pharisee land and in Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin land, yeah. Yeah, Sanhedrin land that, uh, you know, believed in Jesus. Uh, but it must have been a very minority, certainly not a voice to the, the heads of the leadership. Right. So there is, there is some evidence that some of the population of the leadership believed in Jesus. Yeah. It would have been nice if there were three of them and one being a Roman to see the whole the whole thing come together. A Roman. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably next time, right? Well, we'll see. In Acts. <laughs> yeah, in Acts. Uh, tradition has Joseph of Arimathea and Mary Magdalene in later years went off to France uh, and, and settled out the, on the southern coast of France and lived out their days there. So if you go to the southern coast of France, you might find a, a church uh, dedicated to Joseph and, and Mary Magdalene. Thank you for being here today. We don't have, I don't have the helpers that I have, uh, usually have to help put stuff away. If you're willing and able, I could use some help in the kitchen. And God bless these tables. They are much lighter. Uh, we'll put the tables in that room, the middle room, and the chairs in this room over here. If you're wondering about these tables out here, they are for sale. And uh, we had some, uh, we, someone bought some tables this morning, and I think I got someone coming in later on today or tomorrow. But if you want a table, let us know. God bless.